Right, well, hi everybody, and welcome to a very special Speedway podcast. Uh, well, this is, uh, is something I'm really looking forward to, and I've got a man with me who uh, who's celebrating 25 years in the sport. It seems incredible. It seems absolutely incredible. Um, well, you know who it is because obviously you've clicked in to see who it is, but let me just say, seven times British champion, British under-21 champion, World Team Cup silver medal, elite league winners with Ipswich and Coventry twice, knockout cup winners, Craven Shield winners, golden helmet winners, oh, I could go on, and a scorer of almost 600 Grand Prix points, including five podium finishers. Sadly, no winner, but five podium finishers. He's one of Britain's best ever speed riders, there's no doubt about that. You're not seven times British champion if you're not, and I'm delighted he's here, celebrating 25 years as a rider, and it doesn't look a day over... 30? Scott Nichols. Scott, <laughs> thanks for joining us, mate. I do appreciate you coming here. What an intro. Did you um, like that? It was pretty cool. Yeah. Mm. I wish I was 25 and not been doing this job for 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> I must have been able to uh, spend, I spent a bit of time over that, Scott. It wasn't just, it wasn't just thrashed together. That, it wasn't know? just Wikipedia, no. was what? it? Ah. Anyway, so, uh, <laughs> Scotty, you know me too well. Scott, it's great to have you here. Thanks so, so much, as I said. I mean, 25 years, fantastic. But before we start, I'd just like to say... Obviously, it's a podcast, so sadly, no one can actually see your attire, and, and your attire is not the big, bright shirt that we used to on BT Sport, because uh, that's become a bit of a, bit of a thing, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, Shirtgate. Shirtgate. How's that all come about? I mean, that was, that's, that's, that's good. I think people like, like that. It was, do you know what was really cool? It first started off uh, kind of when I did the stuff for Eurosport a little bit, and um, yeah, we get paid to do the show. Um, but we don't get a clothing allowance, um, budgets and everything. So uh, I was like, man, live, I can't wear the same shirt all the time because they'll think, what a scruffy old hobo, he can't even <laughs> watch. So, um, and I thought, well, if I'm going to buy a shirt to go on TV, I want to buy something that I wear out as well. I'm not going to spend that money on a shirt and just wear it once. Mm. So, um, and then, uh, so I kind of wore a couple and then I actually bought one of the Claudio shirts from a shop in Ipswich, actually. And, uh, it kind of went down really well and people sort of commented on it and I thought, oh, this is quite fun. And, and I thought, look at that, they're not cheap shirts. They're <laughs> really good shirts, but they're obviously, you know, and I thought, oh man, I can't do this all the time. So I thought, oh, I wonder if I could contact them. So Sophie said, yeah. why don't you contact them? You know, like show there's been a bit of interaction and stuff like that. So I actually bought another one and it kind of generated more interaction and stuff. So we contacted them. Um, didn't realise what the name suggests they're from elsewhere but they're actually based near Wembley in London so contacted them it took a little while for them to come back to me but they've been keeping an eye on what was going on and because they're such a busy company and I mean they're, they're genuinely really cool people they're always going in different directions they're doing all the stuff with mm. WWE now and things like yeah. that so they're, they're kind of they're, they're smart people anyway they, they came back and said they loved the interaction that it was just natural banter and fun it wasn't like kind of pretentious kind of like it wasn't like a sales pitch; it was no. fun interaction, which they enjoyed. So, so they said, uh, "Yeah, you know, we'll we'll supply the shirts for yeah. for the GP." So from there, and then it kind of just then part of the fun was like, "Okay, let's get larrier and larrier." And uh, so yeah, it was a, a cool little thing. <laughs> I think, uh, well, I must. <laughs> it's one of the first things I look for, Scott. To be honest, I don't even I don't even know where the Grand Prix is. I'm just sort of more interested in what Scott well, going to look like. Him, it's like. Well, if it's a crap Grand Prix, at least there's going to be a shirt to look out for. So. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, it's great, Sky. Yeah, it's great, and obviously you've taken to TV. Uh, if I say so, so like a bit like Duck to Water, you can feel obviously very comfortable on there, and it's um, perhaps something for the future. I don't know, but I mean, you obviously enjoy part of the TV scene. I do. I really enjoy it. Um, I like to do more. So I've been fortunate to to work with with good people, so especially Natalie. I mean, yeah. I mean, she's man, she's very very good at a job. People yeah. don't realise how good she is, um, and she knows her sport. And I've known her for a long time as well. And she's easy to get on with. I think that's the thing with uh, the TV is that you know, my job is tougher than people think in one way mm. um, but Natalie's job is really tough and the reason is because on TV you know see we have the earpiece in and people think oh they've just got an earpiece in for whatever to be fancy but I like to run open talk back as well so I can hear what's going on well open talk back means you've got probably three or four people talking in your ear pretty much the whole time mm. and so as you're chatting like we're chatting now yeah. but then you've got somebody Someone. saying right we've got to go to a break yeah. now or there's a video coming through or you know, and it's live TV, so things yeah. change. So sometimes you'd be mid-flow in a conversation and they're like, oh my God, right, Heat 7's now coming up, we've got to go. Mm -hmm. And so, 
No, it's different. It's different. Yeah. I, like, I think it's good. I think a lot of you Speedway boys have coped with TV well. You, you particularly have. I know. And I think it's, I think it's nice to see. And it's, you know, people sort of think Speedway's oh, they won't be able to cope with that. But that, that's not true. That's, 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 it's good football. Let's like the football, for instance. You won't watch a football programme, match of the day, without, without a footballer. No. Coke, or Coke, you know, having his opinion on it. So, good for Speedway. No, I think stuff. it's yeah. good. And I think, you know, the outset of this podcast took, you know, 25 years. But the thing is, is that, What's good now is that all the rides coming through now, TV is a norm for them. Yes. They don't know Speedway without it. Mm. You know, for me, and I know you've done this with Chris Louie and Mark Lauren before, and, you know, for us, we, we came through where there wasn't TV. No. We came there was no bloody mobile phones. No, exactly. So it's no, like exactly. life has changed. So, you know, I remember when it first came on Sky TV, I mean, it was like, wow, this is huge. It was really exciting. And you'd be more nervous about racing in front of a camera than you would be it's, doing your job because yeah. you'd never done it before. Yeah. You know, and then they you're midway through a meeting and they stick a microphone under your mouth and mm. well of course we've been interviewed we have journalists interview us yeah. from day one but not in not front in of live the camera yeah, not live TV we've got this how many thousands of people watching yeah. so and we just yeah. had some fun I think it was some fun early on if I remember the early days of Sky and Spear, I think it was some right some right, uh, some right comments that I was often going back saying well I swore about the language there I hope you didn't get too affected <laughs> I mean yeah. I think Speedway's coped with it well and uh, I yeah. think it, a TV's a massive thing for, for Speedway and Speedway's got to make the most of it well look that's, that's, that's where we are now Sky but let's, uh, let's go back 25 years gosh um a 16-year-old, fresh-faced 60 years. You signed for Ipswich as an asset, and I went to Peterborough, I believe, uh, for uh, early did, on. Yeah. I mean, you've been good on the grass track scene. You enjoyed your grass track? I did, well, that's where it all started. Um, yeah, me and kind of with a slightly maturer generation that I've put myself in, mm. and and, and the riders kind of performed me so, Mark Lauren, people like that. Um, yeah, we all started on the grass track. That was where it all started for us. Um, You're a national champion, weren't you? Yeah, 93, my last year as a junior or like kid, Whatever so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, no, it was, it was, you know, and for those people that don't really know what grass track is, it is basically speedway on a field. Okay. Mm-hmm. The bike is slightly different, you have a little bit more, you have suspension at the back, where speedway we don't, but there's only minimal suspension. Um, but it was, yeah, excuse the pun, but it was grassroots, that was yeah. where the riders come through um, sadly that's kind of died off a little bit I think they're trying to kind of get a bit of a resurgence going but I did and I think that really helped I think that's where a lot of the British boys um, in particular when the tracks got deep and rough that was where they kind of almost excelled because they were used to the the roughness and the toughness of grass because it is a lot more physically demanding yeah. so um, but no, I enjoyed it and then I, I, I knocked down the head in I think it was the end of 2000 um it's like even though they're similar the, the techniques are really quite different mm. and I really wanted to focus on my speedway as opposed yeah. to grass track so I stopped the grass track and, and just concentrated so you were doing speedway. both for a little while you were, you were yeah I was doing both up until yeah. yeah so I used to do the long tracks and stuff like that in Germany and France did you? now that's interesting yeah. I didn't know you did long track now that's wow that's a that's a mad harem scarum thing at long track grass track. yeah and people keep saying to me do you want to do a grass track no <laughs> <laughs> no uh it is. I mean, it's it's such a different it's discipline. Fast, isn't yeah. it? It's very fast. And the tracks, yeah, it's you know, it's so different the way you have to ride the bike. Um, but it is it's cool. I mean, I enjoyed it. The few years I did it, um, I did various different uh, tracks and stuff. And in Germany, it was huge. I mean, they would. Yeah. It was a real big thing for them. It was an all day yeah. event, yeah. And, and in France as well, they get there early. That you know, the fans would. So who 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 can you mention with the riders you're up against? So that's who, who was I mean there was been some great long tracks. The big, yeah, so um back then, I mean Donkey was still Jeremy Jeremy's right, yeah, Jeremy yeah. Doncaster was right yeah. but I mean then the big ones to to beat was obviously Tatum, Gerd Riss, yeah, Wiggy Blessing Wiggy, still yeah. around. Yeah. You know, and then There's you know, that wonderful iconic picture of Wiggy, isn't there? I used to remember that great long track and I think his arms stretch right out yeah. and he's right back on that and it's all his green bike. That's it. He was yeah. like, you know, they were kind of the innovators of the sport. Yeah. They took it to a different level. So I would rode against those guys and and obviously many, many others that were still very, very good. But yeah. It was, yeah, when I did it, it was... Um, did you have much success in long track? Was it um, good for you or was it... I did okay. I mean, yeah. I the biggest one, the the bummer one for me was the British Masters over here in, I can't remember what year it was now. Um, I was, you know, I would, have, I would have been almost unbeaten, I think. Um, and the two, you have like an earth strap that goes to the coil and a stone or something must have hit it. And knocked oh, it knocked off. out. So I didn't finish one race. But had I done, 
I think I finished third overall in the end or fourth maybe but I would have won the meeting that would have been huge British Masters yeah well Kelvin Tatum was like world champion that year so I beat him I passed him and screen he was there and he was at his peak as well so yeah, but I enjoy it. It was a good experience. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's great. So that's um, so so grass track, like you say, is where you really started, Scotty. And, and a lot of Suffolk riders were into were into grass track and a lot of motorbike sports. And so, but then you get on this. So then you get on the shale, um, and of course, you say so you went to people. I mean, sixteen years old. Who, what, who were the influencers when you, you went to Speedway? Who were you sort of not so much heroes, but who were the influencers on you? So, I'm, and I know I'm going to mention John Cook. Cowboy Cook, who used to ride for yeah. him, an American guy. You've mentioned him a few times in other bits and pieces, but people like him, I mean, who was... He was he was a huge influence. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say so much in me becoming a speedway rider or wanting to be one. Well, I suppose he probably did make me want to be one, but I just remember watching him yeah. and thinking, man, like, he's so cool, <laughs> like, the way he was. Just just full stop, the way he was, on the way he rode the bike, his style, he was just all action, and he just had so much fun on the bike. Um... And that was really important. I mean, I still want to try and have fun now, but you kind of everybody has their own little way of things. And I'm kind of, you've seen me in meetings. I'm I'll sort of chat and joke around a little bit, but I'm still quite keep myself to myself mm. a little bit. That's just what works for me. I still mm. want to have fun, and enjoy it. But but he was just all out fun. Oh um, yes, absolutely. Yeah, he was part of an American crowd there at the time, wasn't he? With yeah, with the Moran brothers and obviously Cigarlos and stuff. I mean, they were a. They were pioneers. They they were. I mean, I remember that in the eighties. I'm sure most people listen. A lot of people listen to this podcast. Remember the Americans in the eighties were extraordinary, weren't they? Unbelievable. Well, yeah. I mean, I you see back sometimes the test matches. And yeah. I remember seeing one on YouTube uh, only a few weeks back, and it was it was at Ipswich and yeah. it was America, and they just smashed. Them. Oh, they, and the way they rode, yeah. they just they. And that was the thing that was team riding as well. And I think yeah. that's probably part of the reason why I like being a team rider as well. I, I get a buzz out of mm. riding with my partner not mm. as an individual mm. um so yeah he was uh, yeah just the whole whole way he was with the fans as well and he'd always throw his goggles away and <laughs> uh yeah, i've become sort of good friends with him which was something that was yeah. kind of even even more cool really yeah. to kind of you know see this person who was your your childhood kind of hero in a way yeah. your idol and then kind of he was living in sweden at the time like, i right. actually took his team place he was on a band Oh, right. in Sweden they'd sign me in his place and at first I thought oh my god I'm, like, <laughs> I'm just taking my mate, my hero's team place he's going to hate me and he was just like totally cool about it and we've become good friends so. That's right. so you mentioned team ride very quickly there um, I mean you've ridden in the British speed scene for a long time changed team riding hasn't it Scotty since you first started as a 16 year old do you, do you think or, or has it not um, that much I th- it has to a degree but people always say about this and I think it it comes down to the individual. Some some riders, and, and you know that's how people have to when they choose a team, they structure it in that way. You know, there's going to be a rider that you say, right, I want him to get three points every race, yeah. and that's what he's going to that's do. His but job. he's not going to look for his teammate. Yeah. Um, huge respect for him. I mean, Jason Doyle is a fantastic, but he's not a team rider, and he'll yeah. by his own admission probably say that. But he's there to win races. Yeah. Um, other riders, you know, about and win races, but they'll look for their teammate. And I think. I think that comes down to just how you are as a person. So, yep, I mean, that's why I think the Americans, I think from day one, all their sports, there's a huge camaraderie. Always, it's a team player, team player, team player. Don't get me wrong, there's some amazingly good individuals within there, but their, their, their whole ethos is as a team yeah. and that shows it did certainly show in the 80s I remember it was just awesome and, like, and they would party together and go out together and the, the whole the whole thing was just yeah I mean when they were on it they were on it weren't they and, oh yeah I mean, always, the, always. they had a party they that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah so that's look that was back then so you of course you'd start you'd start and up then Sky I mean we'd, we're still 25 years ago here we've got a long way to go haven't we well, yeah, we're we're up. Up. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that, um, but yeah, a season with Peterborough, and then of course you, you joined Ipswich and uh, your hometown club. I mean, you, yeah, yeah, you, you're born in Ipswich, you went to school in Ipswich, you know, you brought up with the witches, and suddenly Scott Nichols, Ipswich Witches rider. You must that must have been what you always wanted to do, ride for your hometown club. Oh, of course. Um, you know, you always wanted, don't you? It's mm-hmm. whatever, whether you're as a footballer, yeah. rugby player, whatever it is, to, to you know, to compete for your hometown is is something that you want to do and you should be proud of and, and I was and I think but I think in a way it was it was quite fortunate I had my first kind of season was away yeah. on loan to Peterborough yeah. um, a bit of a double edged sword really because in some ways the, the pressures was off about being that young 
sporty face kid that has to jump on the scene in front of the home because there's an expectation. Um, but at the same time, I chose to go to Peterborough because I knew as a young kid I hated big tracks. Oh, really? Is that so right? I, yeah, so I chose to go to Peterborough. I was like, right, there's one way I'm going to deal with this is to face it week in, week out. And I hated it. I just, oh, really? Yeah, I mean, I was nervous the track at Peterborough. It's a big, back, fast track, isn't it? It is, and it used to be really deep. I mean, I'm talking really deep. And it was one of those one. It was a track where, a bit like how Kingsland is now, you had to attack it full on. You had to hundred. You couldn't kind of go around half-hearted. It had to be full on. And I struggled. I really did. But it was the best thing I could have done because I kind of learned that I had to how to adapt to it and I had to deal with it. And I had some Eric Monaghan at the time was really good with yeah. helping me out. You know, you could see I was nervous, and he gave me a few pointers and. A couple of those little things still stick in my head today and I still use that technique when I see my teammates struggling. So mm. it, was a, it was a cool learning No, thing. it's absolutely right. Well, you have to, you do have, I mean, Speedway is such a, a fearsome sport. I mean, you've got to face your fears. There's no, there's no half measures. I mean, I've watched Speedway for 30 years. No half measures is there in Speedway. You either, you're all in or you're not. There's no in between. Yeah, no. I mean, there's your track where you can get away with yeah. it a little bit. But uh, but the way things are now, that the... the the levels, the intensities, it's, um, yeah, he's way more cutthroat. And I think that's kind of the things how all sports have changed over the years. Yeah. That, you know, the margins are so much closer now than yeah. they used to be. Yeah. Excellent. So they are Ipswich. And of course, um, in your first, you had a couple of spells at Ipswich. And of course, in 1998, you're part of a team that Ipswich fans still talk about now, will probably still be talking about in 25 years' time. Scotty, that 1998 team, Tony Ricardson, Thomas Gollub, Chris Louie. Scott Nichols, Tony Svab, Savalas Clouting, and you yeah. were part of that. Well, you you just won everything. I mean, I was lucky enough to be a reporter that year following you. It was just, I remember, I think you went down to Paul once, and I think, if I remember rightly, Craig Boyce won Heat 1. I don't think anyone else won, poor old Paul never won a, another Heat advice or anything. I mean, nah. what was that? Because I mean, you were still quite young then. You were only... Yeah, 21. Tw- yeah, 21, 21. Yeah. yeah. You won 20, the British. Yeah, yeah, 20. So, I mean, what what was that like that season? That was, was unbelievable. <laughs> I don't think there'll be a team, certainly in British Speedway, no. that will go down as strong as that I mean that was unbelievable I think there was a real scoop um, the one time they managed to get Golub over on which was considerably a false average um, <laughs> seven, seven point average wasn't it yeah. I think it was he came yeah. on and assessed but that was yeah, the way well, it was rules, and, yeah, yeah and, and to have him come over I mean that was unbelievable and you think you had the top three were all all gunning for a for a world title in the yeah. Grand Prix and so that that was unbelievable to to race a team like that and you go away from home and I mean god I don't think they lose a meeting all season or maybe we lost one or two in the end but yeah. I mean yeah what, what not that Literally. man I mean you're talking away from home here yeah. I'm not talking about home oh god yeah no exactly and I remember yeah I remember that going down to Paul that night yeah. um, and it was it was really cool and you know we had the the parade in the town centre yeah, and stuff like that with the mayor and everything yeah. and yeah that was that was cool to, yeah. to be part of that um and just to see the guys, I mean, Tony Rickardson, I mean, he is, you know, the goat of speedways, in my opinion, anyway. And to be around people like that was, it was um, pretty special. I mean, Tom, how did you get on with Tom? Because obviously Chris, you've known for a long time, Chris. But I mean, Thomas and Tony, I mean, how are they? How are they? You're only a young lad. Are they good? Are they good fun and good for you? And Yeah, Tony was... Um, he was quite bubbly and lively, Tony. Yeah, he? Tony, yeah. he is. But then when he it is. comes to the job, the job's yeah. there to be done. And he's, he's re- you know, he's, he's serious about it and there's no messing around and... And I suppose that he wasn't so much of a talker during the, the meeting and during the races. It was he would be doing his job and concentrating his job. And <clears throat> excuse me, in some ways you'd sort of think, oh, you'd think he'd come over and you know, help the rides a little bit more. But then at the same time, as you kind of you learn yourself, you realise that he was there concentrating on his own job, and that was what he was paid to do. Um, of course, he would still help from time. I remember a couple of times he would sort of say to me about um, bits and pieces, and he was like, oh, don't stress about it. That will come and. Yeah. This and the other. And but he, was, he wasn't very old himself, to be fair. I mean, no. he's not 23, 20, I wasn't, he's not so like when he's 30 as well. He's quite a no. young team still, weren't he? Oh, yeah, and I think, but sometimes, you know, less is more in a way. I yeah. mean, sometimes the few things that he would maybe say at times probably had a bit more of an impact than if somebody waffling on. Um, Thomas, on the other hand, he didn't speak a lot of English, and uh, Thomas is. He, he's a kind of quite a unique individual. Yeah. Um, Speedway is his life. Mm. And um, Maszek, he's a mechanic for me, he's Polish, so he would sort of tell me the story. Not, not kind of horrible, just the way he's, his mindset, how he is, just little things. Um, he was like it was a World Cup and 
it's like a, a spark plug. I think it was on Yarra Campbell's bike, and he's like, "Oh, what, what spark plug is this?" Obviously, you're speaking Polish, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's like, "Oh, so and so," and he's like, "I've got one in my toolbox." You have it? No, no, I want this one. Oh, it's wow, like, Yarra Campbell's bike. Yeah, he's like, he's like, <laughs> just he, he was just so yeah. speedway was his life. Yeah, and it was. You know, just random little things like that. It wasn't, no, I don't want another one. Yeah. I want that one because you're using that one in your bike right now and your yeah. bike is quick, so I want that. And it, he was, gosh, um, yeah. and the amount of laps he would do around Bidgosh and just lap after lap yeah. after lap and testing. And um, he had an unbelievable feel for the bike. And he was, he was um, cool to watch and, and to race against him. He was, he calmed down later in the years. Yeah. I mean, those early years in the Grand Prix. Oh, gosh. Obviously, with the boys instant. <laughs> you know, Craig, boys, was... Craig Boyce at Hackney that night. Yeah, that was a... Weren't that... a big fan. No, <laughs> weren't a big fan. No, but that was a... That was a but, but, I mean, such a professional setup as well. I mean, talk about professional. That must have been very professional. Because I know Chris has always been very professional. And as and a young lad, that may probably helped you. But this is what I've got to be like. Because Tony would have turned out usually prefer And Thomas... Well, exactly. And all the boys. So. That's what I'm saying. You're yeah. in that team, and they didn't necessarily say a lot, but you no. kind of just saw like, whoa, okay, um, this is where it's at. And I mean, Tony was he was always that step ahead of everybody. You know, whatever with the professionalism, with the image, with everything. Um, so to watch him do what he did and, and to be around that was that was. Um, yeah, pretty inspiring. He used to have a huge van. I remember doing it. He used to have a huge uh, motorhome, didn't he? Was yeah. he the one who came with a motorhome the size of a house? I mean, it was massive, like, yeah. like 50 foot long. Oh, he was, he was the first one. He, <laughs> yes, he was like he the was, first yeah. one to start. He, he yeah. actually had a coach. It was like a full-on coach converted to yeah. a, you know, and then he, so then when he was in Poland, he used to bounce between Poland and Sweden. Yeah. And then, I mean, yeah, and it, but he was smart. You know, yeah. he used it as a marketing tool with his sponsors yeah, at right. the Grand Prix and, so that's what I mean that all those things, it was not just what you saw on the track, it was behind the scenes where he was just one step ahead of everybody. And it must have helped you, Sky, because you won the British under twenty one title that year, I but in fact Ipswich ended up with like first, second and fourth in the world and you British under twenty one champions. That where was that at? Can you remember oh, that? Oh god. I can't remember. I, I remember winning one at Peterborough and one at I can't remember if I won at Kings Lynn or not. I think it might have been. I don't know. So quite a few years ago now. Yeah, I know. I do, I do apologise. You're doing very, you're doing very well. Remember all this. You're on a scarf. I've, I've, I'm right. I've written all down here. Doing You've great. gone on Wikipedia. And I have. Yeah, it's very good. But I mean, British on twenty one champion. Nice to be a British title, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, it's always it's it, the stepping stones, aren't they? Of so. um, and at the time, that's the the focus for you. Yeah. Um, you know, you're like, okay, it's, it's a championship, and and it was yeah, I, it was awesome to it. I remember, and I lost a runoff to Sal. Uh, as far as clouting at Swindon yeah. in under 21, I think I'd, and again, that was one of those things where I hated Swindon. And, and then the British under 21 was there and I was like, okay, right. If I want to win this title, yeah. I've got to get my head around this. Yeah. And I ended up having a runoff with Sal for first place and, and lost that. But um, yeah, that was, that. they are your, like they say, stepping stones. They are, that's what you're focused on at the time. So that was huge. That's something I was, unbelievably proud of to yeah. British under 21 Absolutely. champion and then from there it's like okay we've got the, the kiddie title out of the way we need to try, <laughs> the kiddie title we need to try and focus on something bigger now but well we'll get on to that in a minute because uh, obviously the, the, the seven times British champion is just extraordinary and uh, but we'll get um, we'll keep domestically at the moment because um, yeah, you, you left the Witches obviously and you went you went to Pauling and you spent quite a bit of time with Coventry um, I mean just quickly think about Ipswich because you have I mean I always think you've never spent as many years here as that have been nice to have spent I know you spent like eight, nine years in the Championship which didn't help probably yeah. um, um, do you look back and think oh perhaps wish I mean things have happened for the reasons I know but you know looking back do you think I could have spent more time with this you may still spend some time with Ipswich who knows yeah but... I could I mean it's it was weird because it was at the end of that 98 season there was a real strange feeling in a way because I'd just been part of this you know like a team that will go down in history um, but I wanted to leave Um, but but it's almost because I'd been part of that team it made me realise that okay I need to get away from my hometown I need to stand on my own two feet you know I need to spread my wings and um, that was the best thing I could have done I went down to Paul and it was the same year when Matt Ford took over um and I remember going down there with Ipswich and they were having a crowd of probably like 600 people. Matt took over with Mike Golding and they dwindled out a little bit after, but I mean, you know, they, they worked hard and they had kind of crowds like nearly 4,000 people. And um, so it was, it was something I had to do. Um, 
and also I, I enjoyed that. I enjoy the the process of meeting new people and and kind of having to reestablish yourself in place. I think it keeps you. For me, it kind of keeps the spark there and keeps mm. you. It's an, it's almost like another little challenge for you. So, so I had two years down at Paul and two years that I really enjoyed. Um, yeah, and then I, I came back to Ipswich for a, yeah. a spell and then had that. And again, I, I was back here for three or four seasons, um, and then felt I need another change because uh, as lovely as it is to to ride in your hometown, sometimes you feel a little bit claustrophobic that you don't escape it don't get me wrong we're not like footballers it's not like no, 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 I know it's not like everywhere you go somebody wants a piece of your time no. and stuff like that but it was just quite nice to it, it's my job so it's quite nice to when I was living in it to go right I'm going to go two hours up the road mm. to do my job and distance myself from all that stuff so I can focus on my job and so I don't regret any of those and I enjoyed my time at, at uh, Paul and then I went to Coventry I had a really successful time there and that was that was a really good sub there um, Mr Sandu there was he was a, a really really good guy to, to be under and, and Colin Pratt a man I've had and still have an awful lot of respect for and a very successful time at Coventry that was the thing it wasn't just a time there. I mean you said a success um, I mean I believe you what, you won five trophies in three seasons including two league titles and the great Brandon track of course which of course is now Sadly, you know, a mess, and, and unfortunately, you know, what a, what a tragedy that is. But I mean, that's had some great nights at Brandon under the lights. I mean, we did, just, yeah, yeah, we did. I mean, again, it was it was such a, a well run run setup. Colin Pratt is, you know, very good at having the structure there. Everything was done professionally, and we did. We had some great times. I think we won the treble there as well. Yes, um, I think. Yes, I think yeah, did, yeah, yeah, we did. So not wouldn't necessarily have the. And that was a contrast that Ipswich won the treble with yeah. this team of superstars and then Coventry won the treble with a team on paper that you would have gone, well, that's not really going to do much. <laughs> um, but we had, we had such a good atmosphere in the team. Yeah. I remember oh, there's me and, and Bomber was there and Rory. I think there were some injuries coming in and Ollie Allen was there and Jono was there, you and the skill McCorpy. And we yeah. had a team that probably on paper didn't look the best, but we just had such a good... Yeah. team spirit that we just had fun and yeah. Uh, yeah it was good times really good times it was such a different it was like don't wrong the Ipswich one was fun but it was such a much more of a serious yeah. mentality and the yeah. Coventry one we had success by just I think probably with Ipswich, you probably, Ipswich was such hot favourites you sort of was almost like just a drilled in season we're going to win everything whereas Coventry yeah. probably a little unexpected and all just came yeah. fell into place because obviously Rory's great personality I mean he, yeah. you know when he gets going and, and stuff and you know you and Bomb obviously flying at the time Chris Harris you yeah. and me were flying at the time yeah I mean and good crowds at Coventry you must be absolutely devastated to see Brandon Stadium like we all are yeah um, I mean that was you know I had my time there and and yeah there, there was I had some sort of pretty special memories there and it's also the the history of Coventry Speedway, you know, with with the aqua trees being there and the British final, British final was always course, there, yeah. and the Grand Prix, and um, and it was a good track too. And then to to see it in the the sort of situation is right now is is really sad. Yeah. But Jeff Davies and those guys, they're working really really hard to yeah. fight it, and they've, you know, that man's not letting go. Wouldn't um, it be wonderful? It would be. Wouldn't awesome. it be wonderful if it could? Yeah, and he's got the backing, yeah. and so it'd be awesome to see it see it back one day. And then, I say, we keep on the domestic theme, uh, Sky, you, you became a bit of a nomad, if you don't mind saying. It's sort of like you're pottering about from one place to another. Um, no, that's not the right word, is it? Never mind. Um, Bellevue, Rye House, Leicester, Wolves, Peterborough, you're sort of you suddenly dotted about all over the place, sort of. Um, like a gypsy. Yeah, so you sort of like pot from one place to another. But uh, yeah, I just. Just things, that's just, as your career develops, I suppose, and numbers, games, and all that sort of stuff. We're not Speedway's all about. Yeah, I think a lot of it is numbers, games, and. So it's where can you fit in? Um, again, Bellevue, the old track. I love that place. Yeah. A lot of riders hated what, it. What Kirkham? You're talking yeah, Kirkham, Kirkham Sean yeah. Lane, the little one. Saw so you had some good. I watched you obviously went there with Ipswich. I saw we have some very very good meetings there. You yeah. enjoyed that, did you? I did. Yeah. I enjoyed it. And man, it was a, a feral hype from Ipswich yeah. every week. But it, it's you've got you've got to enjoy it. And for me, I said, well, I'd rather travel another two hours up the road to go somewhere that I'm. I kind of want to race at and a track that I'm keen to go to than to in a place where also that they wanted me there and, and they respected me and and they treated me well so that's 
important. Quite a tight turning track, if I remember. Quite it tight. It is, yeah, technical. Yeah, a bit similar, fairly similar to Wolverhampton or not dissimilar? Or um, it's kind of tightish. longer straights, but yeah. probably a bit like a slightly bigger version of Lakeside. Yeah. Um, but I enjoyed that, and I think that's important. Like I said, it's important to, to go and enjoy your job. And I just, it was fun. I just enjoyed moving around, to be honest. Yeah. It kept. It keeps the spark alive. And right house, new... that, was a, that was an interesting move for you. Right house, I mean, that, I don't know if anyone saw that coming. That sort of bit of a no. strange one, but that was good. Yeah, and I really enjoyed it. It was yeah. another, uh, more of a technical little track. Um, and that's it, it's just, it's keeping the, the, the fire alive, keeping the spark yeah. going. And I think, you know, you're always meeting new people and, and that's that's part of the fun. Sometimes it's a numbers game. Um, but it's just, yeah, I just I think you get complacent if you stay in the same place too long. It's rather interesting this season because we're up to date now. I mean, you started at Wolves and you came as a sort of a replacement, um, and you're always aware you were likely to be moved on if or if if everybody came back fit and strong. Yeah, um, and then you end up Peterborough. Which yeah. is our irony is you start at 16, Roddy, you're 25 years on, riding for the same club. Exactly, quite weird, isn't it? Really, yeah. yeah. Um, now the Wolverhampton thing came up over the winter. I just there wasn't. I'd done the deal with Leicester in the Championship and. Cool. I really wanted to race in the in the Premiership, but there wasn't really anything coming up that appealed to me. Um, so I just said, I'll just sit and wait. I'm not going to jump in just for the sake of it. And then the opportunity came up Wolverhampton, and so I jumped at it, and it was going really good. And there was a possibility. I knew that I was only in there as a temporary fix, but there was also a possibility I may have stayed on. And yeah. I, I was disappointed, in honesty, to, to go because I was enjoying it, and it's a track I like yes. as well. Um, but you know what? It's you know I was grateful of the of the meetings I got because I wouldn't have had anything. And so yeah, then the door opened up Peterborough, and twenty five years later we're back there. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And flying around the old uh, the old east of England, as I call it, I know, so it's yeah, the showground. Show I don't know what it's yeah. called now. No, it's Same place hasn't moved. Uh, hasn't moved absolutely. And all this time, of course, we got what? Well, domestic race. You you you're you're abroad in Poland and Sweden. Um, I mean, what was that like as a young rider? Smoderna was your team for quite some time. I remember we used to do a yep. column together in the Ipswich Evening Star, and I That's you it. say to Mum, "I'm going to swim at Smoderna." I always used to say, "How do you spell that?" Uh, <laughs> I don't know why it's not that hard to spell. I mean, how was riding abroad? I mean, you must have had some great times, and uh, you know, in both Poland and Sweden. Yeah, it was um, it was fun. I kind of started both at the same same time, really, Sweden and Poland. Um, how old were you? How old was that? During, not after ninety eight. Uh, ninety-seven. Oh, you be so before. Oh, right. Yeah. So you're already a twenty-year-old. You're already nineteen. Yeah. Riding abroad in Poland, Sweden. Yeah. Um, not loads. I only did a, a couple in Poland. It was sort of more later in the year, and then then started Sweden. That would say that was in place of uh, John Cook. Uh, can't remember what point in the year it was, but yeah, that was. And all the teams in Sweden have two names. So the town is Eskilstuna. And the team name is Smadana, right. so it's kind of... That's where I should get confused. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, we'll blame that one. Um, but no, it was really, really cool. I mean, it was um different scene. Poland then, I mean, they, they, well, they still are now. The intensity there was just crazy. Um, must win. It was literally must win. The, the, you know, the hand being thumped on the desk. Oh, gosh, must yeah. practice, must win. And yeah, the first time I went was Jezhov, which is uh, Magda Louis' hometown. And we drove out there. And rained off. Oh, great! You thought, <laughs> you thought it was going to be fun. Oh yeah, we and and they used to have they used to have practice before the meeting, so they'd have like two minutes practice, free practice, where you go out, which you know was fun. So I did that, and I remember going around there and going, "Oh man, like this is so cool! It's such a cool track. It was a big track, yeah. and then the heavens opened up, oh. and, and the band had broke down as well. And <laughs> oh man, it was yeah. It's uh, welcome to Poland, and it's like twenty hour drive from Calais. So, you were uh, at Smoderna in Sweden though for quite a while, weren't you? you stayed, you, yeah, I was going to say that's again in the context of Speedway for a ride to be somewhere a club for nearly a decade is very unusual here in Britain, let, let yeah. alone Sweden. I mean, that must have been quite unusual. You must have you must have loved Smoderna. I did. I really enjoyed it. There was a, a nice bunch of people, and, and Sweden at the time was much more laid back. Yep. Even though they were serious about their racing and professional, it was it was fun. I really really enjoyed Sweden. Sweden at the time was more laid back than than over here really they were just they had fun and um, I really enjoyed it and the, the, the town was nice the people were nice it was a good setup there Billy Hamill rode there who was kind of one of my kind of people I looked up to as well um, and obviously John Cook was there Peter Narlene was really cool and the, the, yeah the team team there was awesome I had so much fun and yeah we had Tuesday nights then if I wasn't racing on a Wednesday there was like a, a bar there called the Brasserie and it was 
two for one on a Tuesday night, so we'd end up going <laughs> in there afterwards, and it was good fun. It was That's all, right. yeah, getting going back to the hotel and the sunlight's up, and then go, oh man, I've got to get on a plane now. And, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a lot of travelling. Spoon yeah. do a huge amount of travelling. I mean, you probably don't do as much now as you used to. But I mean, you, you, how was it? Was it? It must have must have been great. It was but fun. tiring. It was very tiring, especially early days for me in Poland. Um, we used to drive out every week. So we would, yeah. you know, the routine would be, it depending on my racing, but it would be to kind of get like a midnight ferry on a Friday night, drive through the night, get to Poland Saturday afternoon, maybe have a kip for a couple of hours and we'd go out, have something to eat and just whatever that night. Get up on a Sunday, do the meeting. The meeting's always kind of in the afternoon, three, four o'clock time. Do the meeting, straight off the meeting, jump in the van, drive straight back to England and race. Sometimes we'd have a meeting here on a Monday night. Mm. And then uh, I'd be, if I didn't have a meeting on a Monday night, I'd be washing the bikes Monday. Then I'd fly off to Sweden early Tuesday morning. The flights then would change sometimes, but there's always an early start. Mm. F- drive up to Stansted, Sweden Tuesday night, fly back. Uh, obviously, there was a year, two years when I was at Pool, so it'd literally be straight from the airport mm. down to Pool for a Wednesday night. And just, oh man, I don't know how I did it. Yeah. Like, looking back now, especially, like, say, driving all the way to Poland all the time, it'd always be two of us. So, um, big Stevie, he's been with me. Man, like, he's been with me since... Steve Catley. Stephen Catley, yeah. yeah man, that, he's yeah. been with me since... He was, I was, he was with you at Thursday at Ipswich, even this season. He was, it was cool, yeah. but he's been with me since I was 11. Yeah, oh, God. So, he's been Fantastic. there before yeah. I was even professional. Yeah. So, we would just do the shifts in the van. And, yeah, there's always a story to tell or something happens. There's always a story in the van, but... Yeah, that was that was tough. That and it's interesting lot. today, of course, because Speedway's changed so much today. Jason Doyle does it all, yeah. Still, but I don't know if anyone else does. It, um, it, well, does the Grand Prix in Sweden and Poland, but that's changed dramatically. You used to have yourselves, and I mean, obviously Chris Lewis and Lawrence, and then Lee Adams comes along, Tony, yeah. And and there's a huge. Why don't they do it these days? Why? Why? Why would you? It's think? a shame. I think Doyle is without doubt the busiest man. Yeah. In in Speedway, um, and I don't know why he. Don't, I mean, you think because. The way the Grand Prix are now, like you said, you go back to when, you know, Tony was at the the peak of it. It was like six rounds, yes, eight rounds. Mm. You know, there wasn't as many Grand Prix. Now you've got ten. Well, there was twelve on stage eleven, Grand Prix, Speed of Nations or World Cup was over a few days, and you know, but we don't have as many meetings over here now no. as we used to. So no. for Jason, maybe, you know, he. But this mentality, Jason obviously likes just to be busy and feels that he's his best when he's busy. Um, but it's uh, and there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of talk about squads these days. If, we, if teams had squads, would would do deck and would bar, uh, you know these would they, would they would they ride in England just because if, if they could just turn up once in a while if they could like ride for Paul for two meetings or ride for Ipswich for three and but that's all they were committed. Do you think that? Do you, do you think that they would anyway? No, I think it, it's a shame because I. It'd be, it'd be awesome to see those guys here and, and I genuinely know as a rider that it's not as easy as they think as well um, we don't have the big stars here in some respects now we used to but at the moment the way the sport is now but those riders on their, their home tracks it's a bit like in Poland you see these kids you can't pronounce a name you're like I don't know who he is next and he's like holy what he just <laughs> kicked my backside yeah. didn't even know who he was no. um, and we've seen riders come here yeah Good top, you know, yeah. international riders come here and struggle. Yeah. Um, but say the finance is not here. That's yeah. all it is. That's what it is. You know, if the money was here, they'd be here, but it's not. But I was talking to Danny King about this, funny enough, talking about racing like that. And he was saying, going into a bend on a British track, i.e. Ipswich or Wolverhampton, is a completely different thing to going into the first bend at Bidgosh. Yeah. Because the space for a start, you, you suddenly reach there all four and you're on top of each other at Ipswich or you're on top yeah. of each other at Wolverhampton. And, you know, you say, a lot of Grand Prix riders who decided, but would, wow, what's this all about? They sound yeah. very close to each other. Is, is that, I mean, I'm not speeder, or is that how it is? It is, yeah. definitely. I mean, the nearest you'd get to it is your indoors, so your Cardiffs and, yeah. you know, the Danish one, but it was Copenhagen before and things like that. But even then, they're still wider. I mean, obviously, the FIM have a, a limit on the widths of the tracks. It's yeah. changed because of the indoor ones. But, no, it definitely brought in Poland. Sweden's got a couple of more technical little tracks, but in Poland... None of them. You get really, really tight first corners, but you do have so much more space. So, and I think that's where they probably would necessarily say struggle, but it'd be something they're not used to because everything, 
it comes up so much mm. faster. It's kind of... Just something on top of you going yeah, in that turn. Yeah, bang, well, the yeah. corner's here, the fence <laughs> yes, here, there's another yeah. ride here, and it's like, four laps are done, okay, yeah. back to the pits. Um, but it would be it would be nice to see some of them here yeah, just to just, just one test it. And I think it's good for, genuinely think it's good for their career. A few of the oh, riders yeah. have come here just saying that, that that does help the rider development with the different techniques and in those situations, um, a lot of riders have credited racing in the UK it's to helped. help in their career develop. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm sure I'm sure it has. I mean, I can't believe it. I can't believe riding in Britain would do you any harm. That's no. for sure. That's that's for sure. Scott, we've been going for forty minutes, me and you. Oh I know we've been going for ages. I haven't even had a toilet break. I yet. know you haven't. I know we'll have to break. At my age. Yeah, well, me too. I don't. <laughs> I think it's just both of us. Um, well, look, we're going along nicely. Um, the Grand Prix, okay? The Grand Prix. Um, you never won a GP, unfortunately. Um, uh, must be a bit of a regret, but also, so the regret on that, but also the flip side, your first podium in Australia must have been a big high. Yeah, the the, the first podium in Australia was, and and that was so close to winning. It was Greg Hancock, and do you know? Was, I, I remember it now, clear as day, coming out of the last bend, last lap, and Greg lifted and went wide, and and it was I think because I'd had a tough run, and I was so excited to be in the final, so excited to be on a podium, and. And I just didn't react quick enough. It was almost like, oh. And next minute, I'm like, oh, man, go, go, go. And I just, like, by half a wheel, Greg just picked yeah, me on the line. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm gutted to have not won a Grand Prix. Um, came close on a few occasions and, and would have loved to have done. That would have been awesome. But, you know, it is what it is. I did the, the best I could. And, and I wouldn't, I don't have regrets, but I would 100% have done a lot of things differently looking back now. But that, that's, you take the path that you think is the right one at the time. And sometimes it's took you in the wrong direction, but you, you, there's, no, there's no U-turn in life. There's no rewind button. You have to just get on with it. So um, I look back at the Grand Prix and within my own heart of hearts, I know that if I'd done things so different, I could have done better. And that, that, that'll always be a, a tough one because I feel like I was better than the placings I had but but at the same time I can't change that now and then I look back at some other riders and riders that I think were unbelievable talents who really really struggled as well I know I definitely struggled with the with the um, confidence and the mental aspect of it that was tough um, but you know riders straight off the top of my head like Peter Carlson I mean look how good he was and he struggled in the Grand Prix and even Samuel Malenko was world champion and so you've got a lot of these top riders that when it comes to that Grand Prix format they just didn't quite have it and it's so cutthroat and it still is now when I mean, we see how close it is now with the Grand Prix it's you can't be you can't be 2% off your game and, and make a final but like the other local lads we've, like Mark Lorem and, and, and Chris Lou obviously are both Blokes live here in Suffolk. You were in it a number of years, Scott. You you weren't just in it for two or three. I think I don't know how many years you were in it for, but six hundred odd points. Um, and 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 at Cardiff, you had some right ups and downs at Cardiff, didn't you? You had some great stuff and you had some nightmares. And then what happened with that Cy Foodnoff guy? I can't remember what happened there. Shook hands at the pick up. That's the one. I mean, well done. What earth happened there, Scott? That was fun. I mean, it wasn't funny, of course, but. Gosh, you got that played back a few times, didn't you? you oh, Pete, you didn't get um, what is it? What do they call it? Royalties. Royalties. Well, funny you should say that. <laughs> uh, well, it was opposite ends of the spectrum. Was I was having just that was my I think it was my last year in the Grand Prix. I was just having an absolute shocker of a year. Just <laughs> it was just like man alive, shoot me now. And and he was just off the back of making his debut in the Grand Prix. He had won Prague, and he was on, and he went to Cardiff, and he was having a bad night, and it was kind of. Two collided, and I didn't even. I remember that I moved him out a little bit. I was desperate for points. He was, but different, <laughs> different reasons. And he obviously wasn't happy. He had a moan at me about something in the back straight about what I'd done, and obviously it didn't go down very well with me. And so we end up having a little, a little scuffle, which is quite funny. It just oh, it's handbags at dawn, no, isn't it really? And then, but it's funny you say about the royalties because then we had to be disciplined. So we took up into the jury room afterwards and. You can't do this sort of behaviour, da da da, and they, so they, we both got fined, um, and I sort of tongue in cheek said, um, "You're fining us, but really, I think you should be giving us royalties because this is going to give you more exposure than anything else." And, <laughs> and I kind of got this look. I can't remember who was there representing or sort of supporting me. So I didn't have a manager or anything, no. and they were kind of give me a little nudge if say, "Shut your mouth right now because <laughs> you're going to cop another fine." But uh, and it was because it wasn't until uh, this came up somewhere else, 
Jason Crump went through the card that night, won the Grand Prix, was unbeaten, yeah. and no one remembers it. Absolutely. Him. And I didn't know no, that until absolutely. someone told me. So, it's, well, well we, you, you mentioned Thomas Gollum and Craig Boyce only, only earlier in this podcast, because yeah. I mean, that, that punch at Hackney, you know, from exactly. Craig. Who won the Grand Prix? I have no idea. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's right. <laughs> I mean you could be a bit feisty at times, Scott. You're, you're a very mild-mannered person. I've known you for 25 <laughs> years. But you, you, yeah, hang on, don't hit me. But I mean, no, you, you, you are a mild-mannered guy, but you, you, you've always, you, you always held your own on the speedway track, don't you? I think you have to, yeah. don't you? You, you've, you know, you've always been a very fair and strong rider. Yeah, no, I'd like to think I've always been fair. Um, and it's just, we all have our days, don't we? There's always, and there's stuff going on. There's, there's meetings that have a different influence on others and you turn up, and you're in a different frame of mind. We can you don't know what's happened before you got to the race. So there's always those little things. I mean, it's an, you could be tired. Oh, he's like, oh <laughs> man, seriously. I mean, that's another. You know, you can be tired. Yeah, as I've got older, I've not. I'm not so good with that now. I, I could get up any time of the day and just be bright as a button. Now I get up and I'm a little bit grumpy for a little while. <laughs> it must be an aging, but it is. I think I've always held my own, and uh, yeah, I've, I've. But I think, I think you have to in this sport. You have to have. There has to be. A little bit of fire there. There has to be a bit of a spark there. Um, you know, when you look at it, with you know, you're under this huge pressure, and you've got a minute on average mm-hmm. to deliver the goods. Yeah. And so you have to have that switch somewhere. There has to be something that can to can put you in that that zone to go and do your job. And so you can understand as a high adrenaline sport, if mm. if someone gets a, a bit of a naughty move, where tempers. Mm. As you say, adre- adrenaline's the word, Scotty. Adrenaline's the word. I mean, it's yeah. a drug and it's the word. I think it's, you know, the nerves, that those tapes and the concentration must be massive. And then, like you say, it all happens in a minute. Yeah. If something, something doesn't go quite right on it, it just, pull you're going to burst. Exactly. Okay, well, that's great. Well, look, I mean, it's great to talk about the Grand Prix and Cardiff. I mean, Cardiff's great. Do you, do you, still, do you still go? You go most years, don't you? Now yeah. And, and it's still a great buzz. It is. Even though you're not racing. Yeah, yeah no, I enjoy that. It's... um. It, part of me would, it would be really cool to race in it again one day um, because I've, I kind of feel like going it with a different, whole different mental approach. Perhaps we could have to get the British final change <laughs> yeah. from Bellevue. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, uh, and when I was a Eurosport, that was all set that if I won the British, if I won it and got the wild card, that I would have done both. So I would have, it would have been because I would actually been able to say exactly what the track is like yeah. and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, man, like get the British final away from Bellevue. It's, uh... <laughs> I always remember, dear Mike. You know, you know, of course, you know Lee Lanham, don't you? Yeah. Of course, Lee, bless Lee, is a lovely, lovely chap. Well, his his dad, Mike, obviously used to ride. Yeah. And the British final was always at Coventry. Obviously, it was back in the yeah. day. And poor old Mike could not wasn't the greatest gator in the world. And Coventry was was a little. I say it's a gator stroke. It certainly had a lot of gate, yeah. especially the British final. Yeah. Year after year, Mike qualified for the British. Year after year, I don't think he hardly scored a point. And yeah. he, used to, he used to think, poor old Mike, he's such a better rider than that. You exactly. know, used to. But well, of course, you know, but. It's, that's just where it is. So we're talking about British. We're talking about British finals. Let's get on to it, Scott. Seven-time British champion. I mean, that is fantastic achievement to win one, two, three. To start going four, five, six, seven. Um, well, I'm putting you on the spot here. Has there been a best one? Has there been a best one? Um, no. It's, whenever you win the first title, that's always something pretty special because that's what you, you're gunning for. Um, but I think I can't remember what year it was. I think it was 2011, maybe. I think. Um, I was at Wolverhampton I think it was a year I'd gone to Swindon um, I'd gone there to try and fill Lee Adams shoes which man alive no one was going to do that around Swindon maybe away from home you might yeah. be able to kind of get close but at Swindon and I had a shocker of a year and I struggled and and I, and then I went to win the British final that year so I think in some ways that was satisfying yeah mm. because I'd had such a tough year and my confidence was down and I kind of managed to pull myself together for that one. Don't get me wrong, I had some good away meetings, yeah, but yeah, yeah. you know, as a general, it was a really tough year. So to go and win it that year, um, that that so that would be pretty cool. What what um, I'm proud of the seven titles. Um, what I'm kind of more proud of, in in some ways, the fact that there was they're on different tracks. It wasn't just one no. special track. No. You know, there's a Wolverhampton, Eastbourne, Bellevue. Coventry, Swindon. That's extraordinary. I didn't know. Yeah, see, now you've told us. See, look, so interesting. These podcasts, you come out with little things. I mean, I know some, someone said, well, I knew that. Well, I didn't. I didn't. Of course, yeah. I mean, that is bit, that makes it a little bit special as well, don't you? Yeah, five different tracks. Yeah. I've just talked about Mike Land. I'm unfortunately at 
yeah. Coventry, yeah, was always there, wasn't it? It but was you, five yeah. different ones, and you've won a British title, and that's fantastic. Yeah, and that was actually pointed out to me. I hadn't, oh, right, yeah. I hadn't really thought about it that way. No. Because I'd always thought, oh yeah, I'm way small, but then Swindon's not a small track. Coventry, no. No. you wouldn't really say is a small track, no. so. Um, we just need to move away from Bellevue just now, don't Bell. put, it, put it in the other Bellevue, it's just literally 100 <laughs> yards up the road and I'll be happy. But. It's a bit of a, it's a racing track though, that, that's a racing track and a half, isn't it? But it that is. new National Stadium, you must be delighted to see that. Yeah. I mean, from a you know from the bigger picture, speedway picture oh, point of view. It's, it's, yeah, definitely. I, I don't dislike the track. The mm. track is really, really cool. Yeah. And when you get it right, it's awesome. You know, and you're out in front, but I just, I'm a bit bigger. Um, that probably doesn't help me. That, I know that goes against me at Bellevue, but I've just struggled to find the setup there. I've got it right the odd few times, the odd few races, and I've gone, oh, okay, that was, yeah, we're on it, we're on it, we got it. And then you. No, <laughs> and it can make you look so slow. Oh, it does. <laughs> With oh, all due respect, not is, any yeah. rider. If you haven't got it right, you could just look like you're crawling. Yeah, yeah. And you're so vulnerable around there. Yeah. It just You feel, unless, unless your, your bike is absolutely on the money and, and you're flying. Every lap, every corner, you literally come out going, oh man, come on, come on, come on. Are they going to come inside, outside? Um, <laughs> but it is, it's, it's brilliant for the sport they've got that though. Seven British tiles, I mean, that's quite extraordinary, Sky. I mean, I, I, you know, it, it is a fantastic thing. Um, we, we, we've, done, we've done 50 minutes, Scott. We're going to have to go They're the still listening now. <laughs> <laughs> we've done well. <laughs> right, I mean, it's been fantastic. Um, 25 years then, machinery. I mean, that's changed a lot. Now, somebody was telling me, I don't know if this is true, but it may be true, um, you won one season on upright when everyone else had gone to lay downs. Is yep. that true? Yeah. Fantastic. I mean, what, yeah. what was that? What, 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 I mean, how did you cope? I mean, well, couldn't afford to go lay down. Well, well, yeah, but how did you cope, though? I mean, did you cope? I mean, I did. it was fine, yeah. I did. Um, I think, you know, at the same time, the transition was happening to lay downs and and they were 100% better. They, they handled a lot better. Yeah. That's the biggest thing for me is with the engine being laid down, it gives you more power, but the, the bike handles better. Mm. It's more stable. Um, but at the same time, there's a few little kind of teething problems that people were having, more so with the carburetors than anything else. But no, I just, that was all part of the process. I thought, well, I can't afford to buy two brand new bikes and the, the year before they came in, a few people were testing them and there's a few teething problems. And so I thought, you know what, I can't afford it. I'll let them get the problems out of the way. And then the following season, yeah. I'll get one. Um, no, I didn't. I stuck on it. And I th- uh, was it 96 or 97? Whichever year it was. Yeah. I Don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure I was the only one on upright to make yeah. the World Under 20 on final. Yeah. I was the only British guy in it. Mm. So it didn't hold me back that much. Exactly. Um, That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, it's it. But, yeah, but it was, yeah, we've been through ah, a few things have changed. How are the bikes years. today? I'll speak to Chris Louie. Chris Louie said he, he would absolutely dread riding one of those Speedway bikes today. I mean, he yeah. said they have changed even in the short time. He you know, retired four or five years ago. He tried 20 years ago. He's, yeah. He said to me, he's had a little spin on him. He's goodness me. Yeah. They are different now, are they? They are so, very different. And I think. Are they better, in your opinion? Mm, Obviously, faster. Well, they are, but. They are, and then they are faster, but then there's not loads and loads of track records being broken week no, in, week out. No, so it's it's finding a balance. I think I think it's how different riders adapt to it. I mean, there's a few riders um, have got on with it. Greg Hancock, I mean, he's unbelievable. And I think you can adapt to it, but I'm a bit like Chris. It's I, the engines a few years ago were much more versatile. I mean, now the the window of performance is so small. Is unbelievable. You can be the tiniest little bit out with a setup, and it sticks out like a sore thumb. Um, so they are. They're more unpredictable. Ride. It's literally. You have to ride them. Most time, totally different. It's literally you have to be flat out. You have to ride them so hard. Which I've ridden bikes hard. I don't mind doing that. But it's just. It is. I've had the conversation with Chris. I mean, yeah. like trying to find the setups. It's. You know the 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 kind of. Um, the, the skill of the rider, the throttle control and things like that, that's pretty much gone by the wayside. It's just... Just flat, flat out. out. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That's and, what I've heard, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's it's hard to say, but that's progression. You can't stop it, but yeah. that's what I think the riders coming through now, that's all, that's all they'll know. know. That's all they'll know. Yeah, yeah. so mm. it's kind of in some ways easier for them to adapt because they don't know any different. Track's better now than they were 25 years ago? No difference? Yes and no. I mean, the, the surfaces are different. I think the, the material now that is on the tracks... It's not the same. No. Um, it's, and a lot of the time it's a bit all or nothing. I mean, you, you know, they, they start to put clay in to try and get the grip. 
but then clay can be really unpredictable. Um, you put the tiniest bit too much water with it and it goes like grease. Um, and it's hard to ride. So the, the shale is not the same. The, no. the old stuff that I used to have at Coventry, Wolverhampton, Edinburgh, there's a couple of tracks that still got some good shale, but it's not the same. It either seems to be full on grip or it's like, we got three terminals, either clay, cat litter, or sand <laughs> it's kind of yeah which it's and it makes it harder to ride yeah the, the tracks it are they slicker these days or was it just i mean there's more dirt on when you first started riding a lot more a lot, a lot deeper i mean i mean well, some of the tracks were but the bikes were so much more forgiving you could yeah. get away with it yeah. that's the thing i mean like ipswich you know back in the kind of late 90s and stuff like that man alive if you tried to ride around there on one of the bikes we've got now you would first turns about it chaos it'd just be yeah. you know the old uh, fence repair man would be a busy boy <laughs> that night <laughs> scotty right we, we let's say we, we i've got a few little things just to finish off with um, far away far away it's sort of just, it's like just a little scott nichols on the spot type thing um um so you uh, just a quick uh, riders today are they more professional or less professional or hasn't much changed more professional more professionally yeah okay. as a general rule I think. including diet I know it's a lot, a lot yeah. of riders getting into diet a lot well that's okay. it I think things have definitely changed the, the psychology of sport the fitness the diets the professional everything is, is changed of course you're going to get the odd few that don't take it serious but generally as a, as a rule I'd say they're definitely more professional now Biggest rivalries. I mean, rival people on the track who, or I don't, I don't mean unpleasant. I mean, there's people you've had been up against. I mean, Chris Harris, I suppose, one of yeah. you, you two were quite at each other, going for tight British titles things. I suppose is that one rider. Yeah, we've always had, you know, that that kind of determination to beat each other. Um, I had many a run in. Good races and bad, like Nicky Pedersen over the years. <laughs> I think I think I'm we miss Nicky. Come on, let's I think be honest. I'm we one miss... of everyone. <laughs> we miss, uh, miss Nicky Pedersen. He is a panto villain, is he? Hands and there's been a few over the years yeah. um, that uh, you've you. There's always rising. Some you seem to be like a magnet. It's like you seem to attract to each other, whether it's for a good thing or a bad thing. So um, yeah. Favorite tracks, domestically or abroad? One uh, or two? I generally, it's, I generally prefer the smaller tracks like your Wolverhamptons and Rye House and, and places like that. Um, but Jezhov in Poland, that was a really cool track when it's prepared nice. That was that was fun to ride, and that's huge. Have you least favourites? I don't have. I used to. It used yeah. to be the big tracks. Now I don't. I genuinely don't really have a track I don't like. I mean, Bellevue going there now, I'm not exactly overexcited <laughs> to go there, but that's just because for some reason I struggle I suppose like anything with Spear Road, if you don't go well somewhere, you don't think you like that track, there's nothing, yeah. no, that's, it's just the psychology of it, exactly, is it? Exactly, but I don't dislike no. it, no. so, yeah. Hardest opponents, have you, any, when you used to ride, I suppose Nicky was a hard opponent and stuff, anyone else particularly stands out as someone who was tough to ride? Nicky was hard, because uh, he was so unpredictable. Um, like, Jason Crump was always hard, he was he was fair, but he was a hard rider. Uh, there's lots of hard rides, but but Nicky was very, very unpredictable. You yeah. just didn't know where the hell he was coming from. I don't think he did half the time either. <laughs> Mark Lawrence said that, I think, something like that. Um, any regrets in Speedway, uh, Scotty? 25 years? I mean, you know, if you look back and think... Oh. Um, no, I, I think I wish I'd done a couple of things different with, with like, bike setups and things like that and the engines and stuff. Um, a little bit naive with a couple of things. I, th I think I could have done better in the Grand Prix in Poland, but... Uh, to say regrets is probably a strong word. Yeah. Fancy being a promoter? No, hundred percent not. <laughs> That's the answer to that. Um, a, little, a couple of things that Speedway might be missing. What is Speedway missing? You know, and you've seen it from again over twenty five years. What is it missing then, Sky? What marketing? Could, yeah. So you, so you could have said marketing twenty five years ago. I think Scott. You could. That's, That's why I think it's slightly sad about Speedway. Yeah, it's it it's so be. fantastic. It is. I think it's yeah. a, a, an amazing sport. It's a, yeah. a brilliant family sport. You. Very rarely see trouble at the tracks no. and things like that. You don't need the police presence. No. Um, and it's getting just, better, don't get me wrong. I think marketing is better. It is. Um, it's better, but it's still... But I think steps. at the helm, at the top of the sport, if you had... It needs to be run independently, 100%. Mm. You can't have people that have a vested interest running a sport that will never work, in my opinion. No. I think if they had like a Bernie Eccleston or that type of yeah. person come in, I think the, the money they had from the TV could have been far better invested. I think if they invested into that they would have reaped a lot more I think so, John I think Ipswich promoter John Berry was probably saying that actually back in the 70s you need an independent person at the top preferably definitely mm. definitely independent person at the top market it right hopefully it's not too late TV's still there there's still interest from the mm. TV they're still they're still you know vying to get the TV so um, while it's there hopefully maybe they can push it in the right direction and Speedway can be where it should be because I think it 
should be way further up the lad than it is. And if you could think of one thing that was really, let's not go talk about regrets, let's talk about the one best thing. I mean, what, what could you look back and think that was just, I was so happy that day. I mean, there's probably been quite a few, but a real top speedway moment for you that, that's, that's, that sticks in your mind with one or two? Um, oh, I don't, well, I, it's a tough one to finish. It is the first thing I was going to say about when uh, me and Sophie, but that's, well, not person, really, person. Yeah, that's not really Speedway, is it? She's so, been very important to you, though. Yeah, yeah, I've been a huge part of my life. Mm. Um, and of course, Sophie was involved in the Speed of Star, so yeah. I mean, she's been, yeah, I know. She, you've... No, I think going to Australia for the yeah. know, that's pretty cool to, to race professionally in Australia. Um, to have, that was the first final I made. First podium I made, so um, that, the first British title must have been cool. Well, the first it was, yeah, yeah, definitely the first British title was up there. Right, so Scott Nichols, twenty five years, but um, well, how long are we going to go on for, Mister Nichols? I mean, you're still. I saw your Ipswich this season. You're still flying around there, scoring plenty of points. I'm sure I'm not. People at Swindon have seen the same, and Paul have seen that. I mean, perhaps a lot of Bellevue so much, but no, no, <laughs> no. But seriously, I mean, you're scoring points still heavily, Scott. Yeah, I don't know. I'm. I am getting tired. I think it's the the riding is easy. Um, it's just travelling. Now the roads are just mental. I mean, I don't go anywhere now. You put into Google Maps, you go, oh, okay, it's it says three hours, and it will take me five or six, yeah. and that's. And then when you get back and you're getting up and washing the bikes and everything, so that's that's the bit that will take its toll on me mm. quicker than the racing. So who knows? While I'm enjoying it and I'm having fun, uh, I'll sleep. I'll still keep plodding along, and while I win more races than I lose. Scott, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. I do hope you've enjoyed chatting the podcast. Oh, it's been fun. Lots of your fans out there would have loved to hear you talk about you know how you started, how you progressed. No, no, let's let's hope there are plenty more years. And and as Kevin Long would say, I've got to give him the credit for hot shot Scott Nichols. <laughs> Scotty, thank you very much. Thank you. It's been great to speak. Cheers, Mike. Thanks. <laughs>